Hi everyone, I'm Summer. I'm Carrie. And this is Popsia Podcast. I'm nervous. How <laughs> to be nervous be fun. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh my god! What the hell just happened? <laughs> what the hell? What is happening? <laughs> um, make sure you come back. We're gonna do this bi-weekly. So make sure you come back to talk to, to us more about you know, sex, drugs, and self-improvement. <laughs> Welcome back. And uh, today we're going to answer some questions that were sent in by listeners. So um, yeah, well, let's jump into it. We, we made a list and we'll see how this goes. <laughs> All right, Summer. Have your families ever, I guess this is for both of us, Mm -hmm. have your families ever listened to the show and what did they say? (laughs) Mine has not, thank God. Do they know about it? Internet, so it's fine. (laughs) Do they know about it? Nope. (laughs) Oh, no. No, I keep everything I do pretty secret from them. My family wishes I would, I think. I used to be so... My eye is watering all of a sudden. Like, what's... I don't know what's happening right now. Starting off strong. It started switching and watering. <laughs> I think y'all just... I think y'all just tr- stressed me out. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so as I have mentioned in, in a couple of the episodes, my family, my parents have watched <laughs> the episode. <laughs> That was about them. Um, I, the only reason I know that is, oh, I hate to say this on here because if he watches this, then he's going to know and I'm going to feel so bad. Um, is because my daughter texted me. Um, she was there when he found it. And um, so I was getting, t- uh, we were texting back and forth. I told her, tell him he doesn't want to watch my channel. <laughs> and not only did he watch it, he, they set the phone on the dining room table and listened to the whole thing during dinner. And it was super awkward. Uh, My daughter said that he seemed to get upset, but he didn't really say much. And my mother (laughs) spent the rest of the evening making her excuses, justifying her behavior. Um, he has not, neither of them have told me that they heard it. Um, they, the closest they've come is one day dad was telling me, um, that he's learned how to watch YouTube on his tablet. (laughs) And it's like, oh yeah, okay. You want, you watch videos on there, huh? And he's like, yeah, I've watched some of the stuff you do. And I said, dad, you probably don't want to hear a lot of the things that I talk about (laughs) on my channel. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's okay. They just came up. So uh, I watched him, but that's the closest he's came. He did not mention the specific episodes. He, so if he, um, I guess he decided to keep that to himself. But I will say, like, his um, behavior towards me has improved dramatically. Um, I... I suspect there were some things in the situations with Hydra um, that my mother um, conspired with that I think he probably didn't know. 
Um, so things have improved with him. So I think he kind of gets that, oh, maybe what some of the stuff he did probably wasn't right. And hopefully he's starting to realize that who Hydra is, is that who he's had her built up as in his mind all these years. Um, I don't know if he'll ever fully understand that. Like, you know, my kids aren't allowed around her if I'm not there really um, for reasons. Um, <laughs> um, but I don't know. They haven't ever said anything directly, but that's pretty, pretty typical of my family. If there is a, if there is a passive aggressive route to take, <laughs> it will be the one they take every time. <laughs> my family's just outright aggressive so you know it's weird like if they're convinced they're right like well my mother she's always just fast aggressive that's just her go-to but dad if he's convinced he's right he will be very direct and aggressive that which is why i say the fact that it's just been kind of passive and just like the sideways comments makes me think he realized like oh you know maybe maybe i didn't handle all this quite like i should have because he hasn't been direct maybe because came out of it at least a little bit i hope so maybe, maybe. <laughs> i mean it is what it is like i can't you know we made a we made a commitment when we started this to be open and honest with the world so that's what we're going to do with the exception of what i look like without makeup you probably won't see that but everything else <laughs> we're... one episode where i didn't have makeup on and i felt naked <laughs> i just i've got a lot to explore in that area <laughs> honestly <laughs> well i know i'm hypercritical of myself and i've gotten i'm okay like in person, um, I don't wear makeup every day, you know? So the people in my life see me without makeup, but for whatever reason, when I'm on camera, I feel like this compulsion to be, I don't know, the performance space. I don't know what the hell it is. Like I said, there's a lot of deconstructing that needs to happen <laughs> still, because I, I also notice. Do you ever use makeup as? Um, I I kind of laugh about it being like a shield, right? Like when I go, which of course COVID kind of killed <laughs> my business. Um, but you know, I did a lot of public speaking, mm -hmm. and you could. And I I used to uh, joke about it with people that I knew. I'm like, pay attention. You can tell my level of anxiety about the topic that I'm speaking on by the amount of makeup I'm wearing. <laughs> because the more anxious, like if I was going to speak about um, domestic violence and sexual assault, that's a very triggering topic to me, right? So I would be more anxious and I would, my makeup much more dramatic. You're going to get like the full, mm -hmm. <laughs> the full effect. I never thought about that. I like... I use makeup more of like a stress relief and like not really like a coping skill, but maybe a coping skill just because when I'm anxious, like it makes me like more comfortable to be like doing something with my hands and like doing something creative. So I use it more like that, I think. It's your art. Yeah. 
Yeah. I started doing it right when pandemic started, so it helped me get through the first few months. Oh, these last few years have been right. interesting. <laughs> All right. Oh, the next question is, where does Summer get her earrings? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I really should have been better about saying that. I try to get my earrings from the from artists themselves. Um, the quill and beaded, the long quill and beaded blue and white earrings that I have on in the intro, those were made by Bella Cornell. Um, of Iugly Designs. Um, I will link her store or I guess her Instagram. She doesn't have an online store, but she did sell through her Instagram in the description box. Um, I know I've worn these, if I can find the camera. <laughs> these are bone earrings that I've worn a couple times. These are made by um, a Lakota artist named Bird Marie don't think she has an online store um she sets up a, a lot of vendor spaces and things um so if you're in oklahoma you'll probably run into her somewhere <laughs> and then i know i've worn these and these are what's on what i'm wearing in my photo on my website right now um they were made by t shawnee uh last i heard she was only taking she was only like taking commissions, she doesn't have an online store. So, um, but I promise I will try to be better about like letting people know who made them. Most of the other necklaces and earrings that I've worn um, were made by me or were store-bought earrings. Like these right here are, these are actually links that I bought um, just from a store uh, intending to bead these. I, I intend to bead these eventually, but I've been busy. So I just started wearing them anyway because they're shiny and pretty. So eventually they'll also, they'll be altered like most things in my life. I have a tendency to, I own probably like, I own very little in the way of like clothes and things. You've, I think the audience has literally seen everything that I have that has color to it. So in all honesty, you're probably going to get this from now on, just like black, a black top and that's gonna be my uniform. I'm just gonna be like the reincarnation of Johnny Cash, I guess. <laughs> um, because 90% uh, of what I own is black Damn. and about 7% is gray. <laughs> and there's a few things that have some color to them and you have now seen every one of them. So um, I just have a tendency to go through and alter things periodically. And so like the, you know, the one, the one black dress may have like 11 incarnations before it finally is worn out and I have to throw it away. But I don't really believe in going and spending money and buying things that I don't need. I don't have the space for it. I have much better things I can do with, with my money. Um, if you follow me on social media, you know that I'm doing the homestead thing. So, my house is 512 square feet. I don't have the fucking room for all of that. Like there are people with closets bigger than my house. So, but yes, I will try to get better about uh, letting you guys know who made the art that I'm wearing. We can do earrings of the day. 
I've thought <laughs> about it, um, but then I kind of, once I moved, which like I said, if you guys follow the blog, I think most people probably don't because they're very different audiences. Um, <laughs> but you know that I just moved. <laughs> so everything, most of my stuff is still in storage. So I have a handful of things that I keep with me and everything else is in storage. But at some point that will be the plan to, you know, collect. Once I have a place to put them, start collecting more <laughs> earrings and just have the whole thing. Sounds like a plan to me. Mm, this one's for you again, Summer. Oh, gosh. Why was Summer recording in a mobile porn studio? <laughs> <laughs> I am again. My, my, my food's gone here. So, okay. So, like I said. Like I mentioned, I'm doing the homesteading thing. Uh, if that doesn't make sense to people, you can go to the blog at sustainablesummer.life and that'll explain it. Um, so um, it's an off-grid, it's a little off-grid cottage. So there's no privacy. It's small. Um, so what I did, what, plus I have two locations, right? Like this, I got my cottage out in the woods, but I also work in the metro area. And so I have to be there a lot. And then I also like to take road trips and, and all of this. So in problem solving, trying to figure out what to do, I ended up, the solution I ended up with was I got a minivan that has stow and go seating. And I did a conversion to a micro camper. Okay, so this is basically a tiny little bedroom slash studio. Um, and then, but everything's easily removable and take it out, put the seats up and take the kids places. I've taken this on road trips. I took it on to a, um, to the Grand Canyon to celebrate summer, to observe summer solstice at, at the Grand Canyon last year. Um, I've taken work meetings out here. I record out here. Um, when I'm in the woods because I, I don't have a private space otherwise. Um, it's also why sometimes my video feed is terrible <laughs> because if I'm in a remote location, the internet's probably not great. Um, I have not, I, my, my friend calls it the mobile porn studio. <laughs> I have not recorded any porn that has been sold commercially <laughs> in the studio in the studio <laughs> whether private shows have happened or not <laughs> um different story right but no really i have i have camped in here i have slept in here i have slept in here in parking lots of casinos and shopping centers <laughs> when i had to go places for meetings and needed to stay um instead of getting a room yes i have had sex in here um <laughs> all the things so you know it's like not full-time van life just you know occasion yeah okay so <laughs> now now this question i wasn't sure to be honest if this was like a genuine I'm scared. I'm curious if this was a genuine like curiosity, like really, really wanting to know, or if this was meant some kind of way, like who are y'all gonna be telling us this? <laughs> but in any event, the question is, can you both give us more information about your professional backgrounds and credentials? I think that's fair. <laughs> it is. 
whether or not they were trying to be snarky about it. Right. I I wasn't sure, but I thought it was a a relevant question anyway, (laughs) so it got included. Um, do you want to go first? Cause you no, have... you go ahead. Okay. I'm going to try to fix my eyelash that seems to be trying to come off. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in human services counseling. Um, I've done some training for like group counseling and, um, the plan is to go back to get my master's to be a therapist. Um, I've worked in, um, like state office doing for DHS doing, like food stamps and medical, daycare, all kinds of stuff. And then I, I did, um, I worked for developmental disability services for a long time. I say a long time. It was not like a very long time in the span of my life. <laughs> um, I did that. I did a lot of like community resources and um, working with adults with developmental disabilities and helping them find work and helping them learn to live at home by themselves or with like occasional assistance and doing things like that. Um, I spent quite a few years working with kids and teenagers with disabilities also. Um, And I worked in like a psychiatric hospital. I did that for a long time doing group therapies and teaching and doing some (laughs) uh, I don't know how to phrase this. Doing it's like group therapy but like processing with them like in the midst of like episodes maybe like psychotic episodes or like depressive episodes um things of that kind of nature um and i currently am working again with uh kids with autism so i can pursue my degree for therapy um I don't have like a ton of credentialing but i have a lot of like hands-on experience and life experience personally um and i've been to lots of like trainings and classes and done stuff like that so that's about all i got <laughs> that's <good> though <laughs> that's a lot actually especially <laughs> for how young you are um the ripe age of 27. i know <laughs> my baby's cool <laughs> Have we ever told people why we make that joke? I I can't remember, but it makes me laugh every time. So. I think we told Leo <laughs> when we were chatting before or after a filming. I don't think we ever put it on air. So <laughs> what happened was um, I took Carrie to the hospital when she was going to have a surgery. <laughs> and the nurse asked if I was her mom. <laughs> And I said, yes, because I'm pretty sure it already has a volume at that point, but, you know. You laughed for a good 10 minutes about it. <laughs> <laughs> I am not Carrie's mom. <laughs> uh, how, I, oh God, I can't do math. How much older than you am I? Let me see. My calculator here. Oh, and then the number lock's not on. What the hell? You're 27. So I'm 13 years older than you. I mean, you. In you, order for me to be your mom, be so I would have needed to be a couple years older. I mean, technically, I could be your mom, but I didn't actually start having sex until I was 14. So, you know, I mean, those would have to be really extenuating circumstances, <laughs> or like time travel or something. 
Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's why. We, so I, I'm her mom now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So my, my professional background. Okay. I really am tempted to just go tell people to look at my website. Um, summerwesley.com. My whole resume is there because it's, it's long and confusing. Um, I have, I currently, currently have four degrees, got a bachelor's of liberal studies, which is a multidisciplinary um, degree. I studied a lot of health and human services, some um, psychology, sociology, um, that sort of thing, but not like the, you know, the basic courses, not what you would do, you know, the, the higher level courses for, you know, actually practice practical application, like if you're going in to be a therapist. Um, I have a master's of administrative leadership, which is basically business administration. It just comes from the college, come a college of arts instead of um, from the business school, it comes from the college of arts and sciences. I have a master's in native American studies, which is exactly what it sounds like. I have a Juris Doctor, which means I went to law school and I paid a, uh, I paid a lot of money, went into a whole lot of debt to um, have people torture me for three years, which is how I know that I am not a masochist uh, because <laughs> I got no pleasure out of it at all. <laughs> but um, I'm also in my final, um, my final semester of another master's degree because apparently I have a problem and I see degrees as like, I don't know, Pokemon or something. Got to collect them all. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't really have an explanation for that. Um, but this one is in library information science, which um, everybody's like, you want to be a librarian? No, probably not. Um, I can't be quiet to save my life anyway, but it's, it, you learn a lot about uh, information organization and things like that. So basically my, my business, my consulting business, which like I said, has almost no business now because of COVID. Um, I did a lot of contract work for, to do research and things because you learn a lot of, um, research skills and things in, in law school and but that's primary primarily legal research and writing which which is very specific um so i was doing the library information science which can kind of broaden that um research that understanding of research and and writing um and then COVID happened but i, I mean i was already in so I might as well finish it and then we'll see what happens if it ever picks back up or yeah. I I might just, you know, retire early and become a cult leader. Anything could happen. So, but in any event, I, so my social work um, experience spans a very, very, very long time. I spent 10 years, I think, something like that, 10 and a half years as a director of a um, outreach organization. To, uh, not, it was a nonprofit. Um, doing comprehensive social work, uh, you know, I've done, I'm, my day job is still social work. So that's what I do. I am 
I am not a therapist. Neither of us are. That's why we spend so much time encouraging everyone to go to qualified therapists for their specific issues. We're just here to cheer you on while you are on your journey to your whatever your healing or exploration journey is. Right. Yeah. So uh, I have been asked if I want to be a life coach, but I, <laughs> I don't even know where you start on that. And yes, I know I can research, but it just seems like a lot to try to start a new venture. So I haven't really looked too far into it, but I guess if you want me to be a life coach, hit me up. We'll cash at me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's the next question? Uh, <laughs> why can't I find nice guys? Y'all talk about having multiple partners, but I can't even find one that seems worth my time. Who said ours were worth our time? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? We didn't say that. Like, I never said that out loud. Um... <laughs> that that's okay question is this a trick question i i think it is because here's the (laughs) thing okay that question is there's not a real answer okay because find nice guys yes i have nice guys in my life i have but it really comes down to what you're looking for Right? Like if you're looking for a guy who, if you're looking for monogamy, that's, you know, that's a huge thing you're asking for. If you're looking for, you know, each thing you're asking for is, you know, going to reduce your pool, right? Like, like I said, monogamy, if you're looking for, you know, a certain amount of finances, if you, you know, what, Every role you're asking them to play in your life is going to make it harder to find one person that fits all of those things. Yeah. Since I don't look for somebody to do any of that, you know, I support myself. I have a lot of very fulfilling, emotional, emotionally fulfilling relationships and connections. So I don't necessarily, you know, he's not going to have to fill that role entirely for me uh, and all of those things. So it is a lot easier for me to find multiple people that can fit into what I'm asking them to do because I'm not asking them to be my everything. Um, Now I will say that with the caveat, you mentioned multiple partners at the the moment. I don't have, (laughs) I have a couple that I still talk to that have been lovers, but they live far away and it's been a pandemic. Um, So at the time, at this time, I only have one person in, um, that's in person who's been in my life for over a decade now. Um, so I did recently reopen Tinder. <laughs> that Twitter thread is my fave. <laughs> it has been interesting. I, oh my gosh, I rejected many, many, many people. I, I matched with a few. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to meet anybody or not. I've had a couple who want to meet up. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. We'll see. I have a couple. Like, I have multiple partners right now. And most of them, like, started out as hookups. Mm-hmm. And then we just became friends. And now we just hook up sometimes. And we just 
that's how it is. Like, I'm not really, like, looking for a relationship or anything right now. And, like, there's a lot of my life that I'm trying to figure out by myself. And I don't really right. want, like, a partner while I'm doing all of that. Because that just seems like it would make it more complicated. It does. And it also tends to change things, right? Like, the decision. Once you start taking someone else into account and making your decisions, um, it all it limits your possibilities um which is not something i'm willing to do like i already have to take my kids into account i'm not going to take a grown person into account um like um the person that i had been seeing that (laughs) we recently stopped um that was one thing that was a problem for him like i'm not you know when i applied for jobs he's like wait this affects me too no no it doesn't yeah no it doesn't um you know, my schedule is still going to be the same. How exactly does this affect you? You know, and I'm just not, I'm not willing to do that. And quite frankly, I'm not willing to tolerate someone who wants to limit my options because I wouldn't do that to someone else. Oh, you're getting a promotion. I'm not going to say, no, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that because it's inconvenient to me or because you have to move away from me. No, if I care about them, then I want what's best for them. Um, But one of my partners right now are already partnered. Mm -hmm. So like, it's nothing that I have to like worry about. Like I can literally just be friends with you and hook up and have sex. And then we're just friends. Like, I, I mean, that's my preferred, that's why I'm so hesitant to meet someone, to go meet these people off of Tinder, because a lot of them seem like they want to be dating. And I prefer to have these very deep relate, friend friendships, right? These very deep relationships with people. And yeah, we have sex sometimes. Um, but it's not that, you know, that's not the primary function of the relationship is for that you know to be their partner or complete them or fulfill them or anything like that i i don't like that i don't want to be that i don't want to own anyone or be owned um so i don't know i'm maybe somebody maybe one of these tender people will be chill like that i don't know but yeah that's what the twitter that that was about though because that's why i said it shouldn't be so hard to find someone to be chill who's just chill and and that you can have sex with on a regular basis. Like I am not shopping for someone to move in and take over my life. Yeah. (laughs) My life is not going to revolve around you and your life shouldn't revolve around me. Um, And that's for like the finding like nice guys thing. (laughs) That's such a big, that's hard to find. Well, and here's here's (laughs) the thing, okay. This is what I keep, I have, we have this mutual friend who who comes and asks me about, um, about guys a lot. And here's what I keep telling her. Okay. You see the red flags when most, when my theory is, okay, if you eliminate men who buy into patriarchy, then you're going to be much better off. Right. Because quite frankly, if they buy into patriarchy, I don't consider them a nice guy, no matter how polite they are. Yeah, because they're always going to think that you are a less than. Right. And, and that will come out in, in the treatment at some point. Um, 
so you know you know the phrases you know they want to yeah you know they want to protect you and they want to and women aren't as sexual and, and and all the bullshit like we we've all heard all the bullshit um and a lot of times the answer I get back is, but he's cute. And but he says he's nice. Or, well, we talked about it and he says he understands where I'm coming from. And I'm like, that doesn't mean he changed his view. Yeah. Like, I can understand exactly what you're saying, but I don't agree with you. And it's not going to make me think different of you. Like, right. And, <laughs> and so here's the problem. When you go ahead with someone, knowing that you have those fundamental differences in your worldview. Yeah. It's going to create conflict. It's going to create, emo- you know, some uh, negative emotions later on. And you, it's, but too often what I see is they see everything else and, oh, this has potential. And so they go ahead and they're going to go ahead and try it and try to balance that out. I've been guilty of it too, but it doesn't work. And, and we can't opt into patriarchy and then pretend and then pretend to be shocked when it treats us the way it's always going to treat us yeah okay like i said i'm guilty i i you know i just did that with the person that i just quit seeing like because he wasn't moving into my house and he you know then i was like you know what i can ignore that i can ignore that he feels that way but no, because it eventually comes out in some way. And we can't opt into that and then be like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Yes, you can. This yeah. is what you chose. You thought you were going to be able to get the benefits that you wanted out of it and not have to do with the bad, but it doesn't work that way. We have to just opt out of that or accept the bullshit that we chose to wait into, <laughs> which, I, yeah. I find it's especially hard to find, like, nice people when you are living an alternative lifestyle (laughs) especially here in the bible belt like as some like we don't believe like i don't believe that monogamy is like for me and i don't think summer does either (laughs) i think we've had this conversation monogamy is unnatural yes we are not genetically programmed as humans to be monogamous so while I understand there are people who prefer that and they think that's what they want, they have they need to do it understanding that logically it's not likely going to happen. At some point, one of you is going to do something else and you have to be yeah. willing to deal with that however you're going to deal with that. Um, it's especially hard, like, in Oklahoma, like the monogamy thing and having like different purity culture, spiritual, religious ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, that is also a big thing. Also, political differences. Oh, gosh. Like, it's just a whole big can of worms that you have to sort through yourself when you're trying to find a partner because it's going to be individualized for everybody. Right. And my advice is stop looking for a partner. Make connections with people, enjoy life in all the different types of relationships there are. At some point, some, you know, some of that may turn into that type of relationship. It might not, but you know what? If you have all these deep fulfilling relationships, you're not going to feel like you missed out on anything by not having it. Yeah. 
But what I see happen more often is people are searching for that and they find it and then they wonder why they're not happy. And it's because they were looking to fill something with that because that's what they've been told they're quote unquote supposed to do. And it doesn't fix the need they actually had. So. Go to therapy, people. Please, please, please go to (laughs) therapy. If it is available to you, go to therapy. Okay. (laughs) Another relationship question. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. No. This one, I believe, was a setup, okay? Because the person who sent this in has heard my rant about this. (laughs) Okay. How far is too far for a long-distance relationship? I think that is also individualized. Um, I Like, my longest-distance relationship was... Two hours, two hours away from me, and that did not work well. And then my other longest one was—I don't even—he traveled like all over the place, so I don't really know how to explain that one. But it also did not work out well, just mostly because of who he was as a person. Um, but I think it has a lot to do with how you, as a person, treat relationships. Yeah, right there. It's gonna work out. Like, if you treat relationships as I have to see this person every day and I have to talk to them every day and I have to be cuddling with you every single time and I have to sleep next to you and do all the things with you, it's not gonna work. <laughs> right. And not to be, not to go all lawyer here, <laughs> but the answer is it depends. That's always the answer. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, how, do you, how are you defining a relationship? To me, you know, I have lots of relationships with people all over the world. Is it a monogamous relationship? No. You know, I, you know, I've had lovers that lived in Florida and in California, and they would fly out to see me. Would that work as a monogamous relationship? No. Because I am not going to only have sex once a year or once a quarter, it's just not. Um, so it only worked because they were non-monogamous and were, you know, were okay with that fact. Um, that's not gonna work for everybody, right? Um, I don't have a problem getting in my little uh, Muppet car um, <laughs> and driving for a few hours and having someone, you know, come see me for, you know, drive a few hours come see me. I don't have a problem with that. Some people don't want to drive from, you know, Oklahoma City to Norman, <laughs> you know, um, which I don't know how, how far is that. Like 30 minutes, depending on where you are. Something like that. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I th- it, that's going to be up to the people. Um, like I said, if you're non-monogamous, something like that, you could probably handle that a little bit. I would imagine that's a little bit easier because then you're not going to have the worry constantly about what are they doing when I'm not there? Are they, you know, because that will drive you crazy. Like, right. But if you don't care what they're doing, then <laughs> it's not an <laughs> issue, right? Like I've had, you know, I've had lovers actually send me 
you know, let me know when there was somebody else. Send me pictures with with consent, of course. But don't, don't make it weird. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and but yeah, if I was like, oh, you have to only be with me, and that's that's not gonna that's not gonna work. Yeah. So it's just gonna be what you guys agree on, and I don't know if you want to collect the lover in every country good for you I, <laughs> the internet is an amazing That's place a, oh, <laughs> what was that I, I didn't understand that I said that would be an expensive lifestyle if you're trying to go see them all right I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do it but maybe somebody if they've got enough money I don't know <laughs> see I don't understand like there are some people who have like they call them relationships. They're like never met in person, you know, like they've just had these cyber conversations and whatever. I mean, to me, that seems kind of like a spicy friendship. Right. Like to me, I wouldn't define that as a relationship. Some people yeah. do, but I don't. If I haven't fucked you yet, you are not. Right. You don't get to, you're not one of my partners until that happens. Yeah. Which reminds me like I had this one. Oh, so there was this person and they asked, this was the beginning of COVID, right? So they had asked if I wanted to come out and hang out. And I'm like, well, you know, we could like go hiking outside or something maybe. Like I wasn't trying to be in crowds and stuff in a pandemic. Yeah. And anyhow, so got to, I got to, you know, the, kept talking and I'm like what's what's his problem and finally he's like so basically he was wanting to go on a date and I'm like I'm not and and he's like you can spend the night I'm like no 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 no. I'm sorry he says my dad says you can spend the night because he lives with his dad he's still getting supported I'm like first of all that is not sexy yeah, no. Uh, no. But secondly, I'm like, I'm not trying to be with you like that. And he's like, oh, I thought we were friends with benefits. I'm like, what benefits? <laughs> We've never had sex. <laughs> so apparently no. the way people define relationships can be very, very different than what I think in my head. So exactly. always have those conversations. Don't, don't assume anything. Yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> have you ever had a hookup who overstayed their welcome and get rid of them <laughs> um, I don't think I've really had too many I think I've had maybe a couple of my roommates help me take care of that <laughs> said they needed me or like there was an emergency and we had to go somewhere. So it made it a lot okay. to get It helps to have some accomplices to I think most of them alone. tend to pick to have come over are very like, I want to get in and get out, which is great for me because then I can go to sleep after they leave. Right. <laughs> I don't think that's ever really been a problem for me, honestly. I can't think that I've ever had that problem, but 
it's also because I don't bring hookups over to my house because I have kids and a crippling fear of men. And <laughs> like, I don't want you if I don't if I don't trust you on that level, I don't want you to know where I live. Right. Um, so I, I generally don't bring men over to my house. Um, so then it's not an issue. If I go to his place, I can get up and leave when I want usually. Um, and it, which is normally what I do. I get up and I leave because I don't sleep with people. Very, very few people in my life have I been able to sleep in the same room with them because like I said, the hypervigilance, I won't sleep. Um, I think I had one guy one time try to sleep over and I woke I woke him up and was like, you need to go before my kids wake up. Yeah. But that was it. Um, but that was mostly just, yeah, because he was getting a little too comfortable and wanted to make sure there was a boundary there. Cause... I did have a hookup turn into a boyfriend. Uh, oh. And it, it didn't end well. <laughs> I mean, I had a husband who overstayed his welcome one time. <laughs> <laughs> Took care of that. <laughs> Uh, that's what I normally say people it's it's kind of funny some people laugh and some people get offended um, when they ask if I'm married because first of all what fucking difference does it make it's not your business what my property contracts are but secondly so so what I say is they're like are you married and they know I took care of that problem <laughs> and, and so then sometimes people are like would you do it again I'm like you think I don't know how to learn from mistakes are you kidding <laughs> Like, I called it a problem. Why would I do it again? Right. Because people think if you're not married, like, it, we're in the fucking Bible Belt, man. Like, they think it's somehow some level of legitimacy that other relationships don't have. Like, if they don't own me, we aren't really together. Which, think about it. When the question is, like, are you single? Are a single parent? Literally, that means, are you married? You know, like when statistics come out, like about single people and single parents and all of that, it's not about are they partnered? It's the, the statistic literally is, are they legally married? Yeah. Which... They may have a partner. The kid's dad might be in the house. They still classify her as a single mom. So don't buy the bullshit about, you know, oh, the single that's a whole other rant. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Uh, Carrie, can you show us all of the animals in your recording closet? I have so many. I'm so excited. Okay. <clears throat> Hold on. Obviously, I have this one. His, it's Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I got graduating. Middle school graduation in 2008. Aww. So cute. Um, this is Max. I got him at Five Below because he's ugly and I was scared nobody else would get him. <laughs> I have to... You have empathy for inanimate objects. <laughs> I listen. I I don't know. That's, that's sweet, but also like that has got to be exhausting. <laughs> listen, my life is hard. What can I say? <laughs> uh, this is Kevin, the raccoon. Summer guy who for me after my surgery that she took me to and got called my mother. That's right. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> this is Olivia, the llama. The llama. I love the llama. Love her. She's great. 
Um, this is Edward, my baby dinosaur. Love him. I sleep with him most days. Aww. Uh, this is Kyle the giraffe. He's a dude, bro. Love him. <laughs> this is also Kevin. Kevin the shark. I I don't know. I have two Kevins. It's fine. Uh, this is Lucy. One of my most favorite Squishmallows. She's a unicorn llama. Flying unicorn llama. She has little baby wings. Love her. Aww. She's so soft and squishy. Um... This one is Ivy, my giant dinosaur that my roommate got for me because I was sad one day. Love this one so much, so freaking soft. Um, and this is my newest one. I got her at Walgreens. <laughs> this is B. <laughs> Arthur. Uh, yeah, great B. Arthur. Nice. She's wonderful and squishy and out of this world like B. Arthur. Aww. I have another giraffe somewhere, but I have no idea where he is. A lost giraffe. I, my room is a tornado, so he's probably lost in the piles of clothes that I need to fold. I think that's everybody. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I want to know who asked that question because I want to be friends with you. <laughs> I like showing off my stuffed animals. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. I think the next one is a repeat. Yeah. Um. The only. So let me skip to the next one. Yeah. Um. Can trauma reactions become worse over time? I relate to a lot of what you both talk about, but mine seems to be getting worse, not better, over time. Uh, the short answer is it depends. <laughs> um, I, based on my work at the psych hospital, it will get worse if you don't treat it. So if you're not going to therapy and you're not doing the work at home that you need to be doing to complement the therapy or doing what you can at home if you're unable to go to therapy, it's gonna get worse. Um, we tended to have a lot of frequent flyers at the hospital, um, that wouldn't do what was recommended for them at home. And so their trauma responses would get worse and worse, and they would resort to things that would make it worse, such as like drug use or like quote unquote risky behaviors, um. So it, it does get worse if you're not taking care of it, but if you are taking care of it and it's getting worse, there might be some underlying thing, which obviously go back, go to therapy or talk to your doctor or something um, because trauma responses shouldn't necessarily get worse as time goes on. Like they should be, you should be learning how to use coping skills and how to process them so that they can get better, so that you can try to coexist with it and like move on. Um, so if it's getting worse, there's something that is not being worked on, if that makes sense. I will also say sometimes 
triggers might be more sensitive when you are working on things too, or at, at really at any time that things are high stress, I know that mine will get really heightened, uh, especially when I was first starting to do trauma work. Um, you know, because before that, there was years of suppressed emotions and things. And so it's, it felt like it was getting worse. But honestly, it was really more I was finally paying attention. Um, so you, but unfortunately, what happens sometimes is when, when that happens, some people will stop working. They don't want to go to therapy anymore. This is too hard. I don't want to do this work which is self-defeating in the long run. Um, just, you know, keep, keep working through it and keep, keep doing that work and it, and it will get better as you do that. Um, if you want to understand the brain science behind it, um, I mean, really any of Dr. Faith Harper's books, but um, Unfuck Your Brain is a really good one. Um, helps you understand where those the brain science of where that comes from and neuroplasticity and you know that you can can actually retrain your brain in ways um i also read unfuck your work the other day which um actually it's focused on your on finances right and and deconstructing how like your emotions that we connect to things like to things and money but um I felt like that, even though it was focused on that specific example, like using that example actually made that brain science information more easily understandable. Um, because it was, you know, an example that everybody can relate to and, and you can kind of learn that process of filtering through and how and understanding your reactions to things. So I recommend people go check that out. And it's really difficult processing like the trauma like um the kids i work with always have they have like workbooks that they go through and the hardest chapter is always processing their own trauma um but like you said like the retraining your brain and doing those kinds of things um i currently work in aba therapy <clears throat> which is used a lot for like autistic people um, but it can be pretty much like anything because you're retraining your brain to have different behaviors that are more productive or safer. Um, like you can use ABA therapy for like smoking cessation or if you have like some kind of addiction, you can use ABA therapy for it. Or if you have um, like self-interest behaviors, you can use ABA therapy for that. Um, I think it's really worth looking into for everybody because you're just retraining yourself. Um, we use it a lot for the kids that have um, like attention seeking behaviors that use like self interest behaviors to get the attention. Um, and it's really, really difficult like learning how to do it and like enacting it. But once you see like the progress and see like those behaviors become extinct, it is so magical and wonderful because like, you know, like they've 
learned the process and they've learned like what they can do to get through it and they've learned what is going to work for them and it's so nice to see it <laughs> um i think it's definitely something you should look into if you have something going on that is making it hard for you like if you have like a repetitive behavior that is related to trauma um it can really help Um, do you have the next question or do I? You. Oh. <laughs> the last one. Uh, what was it like to date a disciple of Kevin Samuels? <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> I think we'd have to do that one later. That one needs its own show. Maybe I should do a little, like, just a little confessional, me and my phone, so they record my thoughts on that one, because that one's going to go long. <laughs> oh my. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any of the uploads, be sure to turn on those notifications so you, uh, you will know as soon as those go up. Um, also, like us on social media at Hypoxia Podcast, or uh, the easiest way is to go to our website, hypoxia.com. That's H O P O. KSIA.com and the links to all the socials and all the podcast feeds are right there. And we just want to thank you all for sharing your time with us, hanging out with us, and we hope to um, spend more time with you in the future.